And now the Exit Coach Radio Show proudly presents the All-Star Review, a compilation of one-minute highlights from past guests. Hear more one-minute highlights and full interviews from these guests at ExitCoachRadio.com. There's just way too much at stake for business not to be involved, uh, not to be at the table when decisions are being made mm-hmm. that affect not only the business owners, but the lives of the citizens. Sure. So it's very important, and, and small business doesn't have time. Uh, they're too busy running their businesses. Right. So who's going to advocate for them? Who's going to be their voice? And, and it seems a natural fit for a Chamber of Commerce to do that. That said, um, it still provides a, a little bit of a problem because some businesses can't contribute to a chamber that's involved in political activity. So the way to avoid that is to separate the political right. action from the actual Chamber of Commerce, and that's what we, we've done in Huntington Beach. If you're providing money or sponsorships to the Chamber of Commerce, you're not supporting the political action committee. It's completely separate. Right. Um, and hopefully the, the synergy between the two, though, remains um, as far as ideas. But again, the Chamber can't tell the PAC what to do and vice versa. Hopefully they're listening to each other and they're on the same page going right. forward, but ultimately those kinds of political action decisions are made by the PAC, not by the Chamber. One of the main reasons that you would consider doing a revocable trust versus just having a will is avoiding what we would call a probate process, which is a court proceeding to distribute a family estate, which can be very expensive and legal fees, court fees, and uh, just involves a lot of court involvement that can be pretty painful. So by using a trust, you can get out of that. Now, if, if your assets aren't high enough, that's one way you may be able to avoid probate without a trust. And the other way is you may have assets that are able to pass to beneficiaries outside of a trust and outside of probate even if you don't have a trust. But when you have real property, you usually won't be able to avail yourself of those two exceptions to staying out of probate. We got to sit down and develop a technology plan. A lot of people have a business plan, but they don't have a technology plan. What type of equipment do I need? What type of services that I need? Uh, a large percentage of my time is helping people brush up on basic computer skills. I help them select the right equipment, programs, and services, really based on their individual needs. And anytime something new comes out, I'm getting phone calls and emails in terms of whether they should upgrade, whether they should get a new product, etc. You know, the name of the game now. Is setting up a home office. Most people have some type of technology in their home. There's a big difference between using it for personal use and for using it for business use. And I have to really separate that based on how much time someone's going to be spending in their office and what they do for a living. Treasury Management Services is really um, it's designed for the company owners, decision makers, and their related staff, accounting staff in particular, to really get in touch with the money. So you've got free online services through most banks where they can do bill pay and direct pay and send money electronically and sometimes receive money electronically. Treasury Management takes it to a little bit more complex level. Typically what we'll do is we can get people a scanner at their desk if they're depositing a lot of checks. So they don't have to go to the bank to do that. They can scan them at their desk and keep those checks. Uh, we set up ACH, which is a acronym for Automated Clearinghouse, so they can send out electronically a lot of payments, or they can, on the opposite side, pull in payments from their customers electronically, such as that they send a file to the bank with the amounts owed them and the account numbers from their customers, and the bank will go out and draw those money, provided those monies have been pre-approved by those customers. Those are just a few of the ways we do it. We can do online wires, we can do account reporting, we can do all kinds of things to take the burden of daily banking and reconcilement off of the controller and bookkeeper's desk, and the bank can actually do a lot of that for them. It's It really is a time saver. And 
and it really does speed up cash flow. And if that speeds up cash flow, hopefully that excess or that, that frees up cash so they don't have to rely on lines of credit. I think business owners can relate to transitioning out of a business as opposed to exiting. Uh, in my experience, most business owners, you know, they never retire. They move on to some other endeavor. So I suggest that exit planning or transition planning is analogous to a GPS device. And I like using that analogy because I think everybody today that owns a car probably has a GPS device in their car. So the example I provide them is, you know, think of an exit plan as your GPS device. In order to arrive at your destination successfully, whatever that is, whatever time frame that might be, if you provide us with the information that we need, we can create a roadmap that can assure that we get you out the door in a manner that, that's necessary for you to secure, whether it's retiring or, or some other endeavor that you're, you're looking to get into. One of the many situations that I step into is that you're dealing with the entrepreneur owner who's very creative, many ideas. You know, one day they have this great idea and they work to implement it, and the next day they have another idea. In a situation like that, I typically step in maybe as uh, interim manager, a CFO, COO role, sometimes even as president, and we start working together to create a structure for the company, a, a line of path, you know, both short term and long term. After a few conversations, and then they allude to me after they, they've developed a bit of trust that they're looking to exit their business, and of course they don't want their employees employees to know. After a period of time, we set it up, we found opportunities to strengthen the top line. They had very sporadic sales revenues, and so we found ways to stabilize that top line and even grow it, which greatly helped the bottom line. And from that, we were able to take some money. They had a profit sharing plan in place, but they weren't able to fund it. So now we set up a target sale date and we started funding that profit sharing because the, prof the business was doing much better and we were able to manage a budget and things of that nature. It's lonely at the top. In fact, I thought it was so lonely at the top that I was going to write a book about how to create strategies to conquer loneliness at the top. So I interviewed 40 CEOs around the world and I asked them if they were lonely. And you know what half of them said? They weren't lonely. They weren't lonely because they were in peer groups. But the okay. other half were. Okay. And what they said was, well, I'm two hours out of Dublin or I'm two hours out of Boston. And if I have to sit in traffic and then sit in an eight-hour meeting, I just can't do it. So that's where this little seed of an idea started, was from those interviews. Another client, Todd Moster, who wrote the book, The Underground Guide to Job Interviewing. Todd came to me and asked me if I could help him promote his book, which he self-published. We did one release, and it went from being 300,000 on the list of Amazon books at the start of the book campaign to bestseller status, number seven, in Amazon's job hunting category from one press release. So from over 300,000 to number seven, and that's the power of a press release. One of the things that our members are always asking for are connections to their audience. Mm -hmm. And so we're always trying to come up with different ways to connect them with their, their customers. Right. Some are residential, some are business customers, some want to know what's coming down the pike as far as from Sacramento mm -hmm. or you know, any kind of rules or regulations. Uh, more of the watch. advocacy piece. More of the advocacy yeah. piece. Mm -hmm. Networking is a big proponent of our, of our chamber. People like to come together and network and see who they know that could help them.
The real lesson that's been learned, there's been a lot of research done on that. This is the kind of question that interests a lot of academics, you know, business school professors. And they gather all the data from all kinds of companies with ESOPs and they compare it to companies without ESOPs. And a whole series of studies has confirmed the what most people would expect, which is, yeah, employees do care more about how well their company does uh, when they actually own a piece of that company. The real critical magic in it is to explain to the employees what this is all about and how it works. You set up an ESOP, send them a memo written by your lawyer, and employees won't know what's going on. But if you take the time to educate them, teach them how the business works, show them how they can help themselves by helping the company, then you get a tremendous uh, bang on that buck from the employees' reaction. They start getting real frugal, looking for new customers, and the companies thrive. The key is finding accredited investors and not selling to the unaccredited. Okay. The accredited investor standard is basically a million dollars in net worth or $200,000 a year of income. Those standards, though, have been there for a long time and may change. That provides a very, very broad audience for these companies. So they're, when they go through angel groups locally, they can see hundreds, but actually thousands of investors are out there chomping at the bit to climb onto a really good startup company. Um, I think the reason we name our business relationship matters is that, you know, when you go to work and you've had a fight with your spouse or a friend and you can't get your mind off of it and you can't work, at the core of business success, sales, planning, everything, are the relationships. What we do is figure out a way to take those relationships head on. That's the messy part we get involved in, that people tend to stay away from lawyers, accountants, and we say, this is what is, let's deal with it, let's face it, let's talk about it, let's get healing here, but let's not sweep it under the rug. And then maybe you don't feel as crazy about that person as you might have at Thanksgiving, but at least you're on the healing road now as opposed to the, I know what he means by that, and all this innuendo and all these wondering what they're up to. The truth's on the table, and everybody can move towards a positive ground. I always say that the pothole fills up with dirt unless you fill it up with something first. We get to the pothole, fill it up with our own source, and we stop the dirt from falling into the pothole. That's the way we teach communication, and that's how we get ahead of the game.